and welcome to NSTA, The Bus Stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I am Kurt Mackison, Executive Director. And before we get into today's guest, just want to remind folks about the 2021 NSTA Annual Meeting and Convention at the Pfister Hotel in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Now, this event will be held from Sunday, July 25th through Wednesday, July 28, 2021. The room block for the Pfister Hotel is closing out on June 24th. So if you haven't made your reservations through the NSTA room block, please do so before June 24th, or else there is no guarantee of room space after that date. And also, if you have any questions about the NSTA annual meeting convention, please feel free to contact us at info at yellowbuses.org. And today at NSTA, the bus stop, we have one of our speakers for the annual meeting and convention. We're pleased to welcome William Bill Nash, Cybersecurity Advisor for the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, or CISA. So, Bill, welcome to NSCA at the bus stop. Thanks, Kurt. Uh, thank you for having me, and I'm very much looking forward to uh, being able to do this presentation for your group. It's you know our pleasure in, in hosting you in a really timely uh, subject matter. I think to kick things off for the listeners, may not be familiar with the alphabet soup that goes on, you know, certainly around the country, but why don't you talk a little bit about the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, and we'll, we'll call that CISA from now on. How's that, Bill? I, I, I like that. CISA is what we affectionately call it, and you're not wrong. In, in government, we have a lot of alphabet soup. So CISA is really a part of the Department of Homeland Security, which has its own alphabet, DHS. And then within there, there are a lot of people involved, as you can imagine, because cyber is so big these days. But they're really organizing it around what we're doing at the federal level to help folks and then trying to get it more into the states. So in particular, CISA, the part of the organization I'm from, is getting individuals located in each of the states to be more direct help to the critical infrastructure players like transportation, which is you guys, and to make sure that we're providing the assistance that we can. So, you know, that's really in a nutshell, CISA is about helping the critical infrastructures in the nation with identifying the risks, especially related to cyber, but also to physical security. And the particular piece I'm in is the cybersecurity part of it. So that's in a nutshell. When we do the presentation, I will definitely go into a little more depth about what we have there. Great. No, and thank you for that background. Now, in the run-up to the annual meeting convention, you know, we also talked about your background. You are fairly new to the agency, but uh, you have some great experience in cyber. So why don't you tell the folks a little bit about your background? Okay, I'd love to, love to do that. Yeah, I've been with CISA now since April 26th, so yes, uh, quite new, but the, one of the reasons they brought me on board is because my previous experience, which was actually the Chief Information Security Officer for the state of Wisconsin, kind of plays into what they need me to do in this role. And in, in my previous role, not only was I responsible for the cybersecurity for state operations, which included everything from elections to the Department of Transportation to the Department of Revenue, all those things that you can imagine the state touches and has systems for. 
is part was part of my job, but I also worked very closely with our National Guard and with the local communities within Wisconsin and established what we call our cyber response teams and developed a capability so that they were somewhat like a volunteer fire department for cyber. So when one of the communities would have an incident, we could get others to come and help. And that actually was through Department of Homeland Security grant funding that we were able to do that and provide training to folks to be participants on those, you know, volunteer cyber teams, aka fire departments for uh, cyber defense. But, you know, it, it did that for seven years. And now I'm now I like to say I'm a recovering CISO. Uh, CISO is a short for Chief Information Security Officer, of course, because we like acronyms. But you know, going going from there was kind of natural, and I like to say that this is kind of a more relaxing job because now I'm advising as opposed to being the person under fire when something goes wrong. I like that, and you're in your role not a moment too soon, especially in light of you know all the uh, situations we're hearing about. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about some of the services, and I'm sure you'll go into greater detail in Milwaukee. So that's a spoiler alert for you folks who aren't signed up for the conference. But why don't you talk a little bit about some of the services that CISA can provide for threat assessment? Right. I'll try to do it without being a spoiler, right? So, you know, we have a lot of things that can be done across our organization. In my role as a cybersecurity advisor, or CSA, because we have acronym for that too, the CSA role is to go out and help folks identify the risks in their organization. And we have a bunch of assessments at varying levels that we can do that with. And I will definitely go into more detail on that in my presentation that I give. But those really get at measuring and identifying the risk that an organization has. And that's kept private between that organization and CISA. And, you know, can't be requested via open records requests or anything like that. It's very well protected. But it's really to help do, you know, help help the organization create a path for improvement and, you know, make their program better. So, you know, I'll talk a lot more about that as we do the presentations, but that's kind of what the CSAs do. And then there's some additional services that come from CISA, which I'll also talk about that cover everything from additional penetration testing and response activities that are also out there, as well as some training opportunities that are available. And I'll make sure I cover all those in in the presentation when we uh, get together in Milwaukee. Great. And, you know, I I think a lot of folks are are like me, or at least they hope they are, where they know uh, enough to be dangerous and, you know, have read, obviously, kind of media accounts on things. But Maybe you can briefly talk about some of the security issues that are relevant right now. I mean, we've heard about ransomware, but are there also other kind of, you know, malware attacks that that folks should be aware of? Uh, That's a great question. And, you know, you can't miss it in the news these days, especially with, you know, the ransomware attacks and, you know, the most recent uh, pipeline attack. Although I guess most recent is probably the one that was in the news here recently was a, a casino attack, which, you know, you can't shut down casinos. That's almost as important as getting fuel for your car. That is if you're a gambler, <laughs> but, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of different things that can happen. If you've got anything connected to the internet, I know folks often say, you know, why, why would cyber criminal attack me? 
I, I hear this all the time right after they've been attacked, right? Uh, and they say, well, I, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a small business or I'm a small community. You know, why, why are they attacking me? And the, the standard answer to that is, well, if you've got anything connected to the Internet, it's going to be attacked. You know, whether it's the Nest thermostat that you've just put on your, your, your home to control your furnace, if that's not secured properly, that can be attacked. We had at the state level uh, when I was working there, we put a server out there, a cloud server at that. So, you know, something that you'd expect to be secured uh, right out of the box. And we clicked the wrong button when configuring it and it left it vulnerable. And it only took six hours until it had six different pieces of malware on it and was being utilized for bad things. So it's, you know, not just ransomware and and having your data encrypted but you know your computer can be taken over to be used against others in other attacks An, another common one especially with the social unrest that's been going on is there'll be ddos attacks which i'm sorry that's an acronym but essentially what it means is someone tries to direct network traffic traffic at your website or your infrastructure and because they overwhelm it with traffic, it essentially shuts it down and makes it unavailable. We've even seen you know, schools that were attacked like that because you can rent these services online in the dark web, right? A student rented a service in order to attack their own school so that they could get out of taking a test. It, if you can imagine somebody having a motivation to either make money or make a social statement or, you know, action between governments, that those are all great reasons. And the most common one, of course, is still the, the financial gain, right? They're out there to make money. And as such, they'll attack anything that is a target or available on the internet. So I, I probably rambled too long there, but I hope that that kind of got down the line of what you were asking. No, it's interesting because um, when you brought up at least the social unrest, it, it brought up an issue that, at least to my mind, so I'm a sports official, I'm certified high school baseball umpire. And one of our brethren, which was an NCAA official, John Higgins, made a call that certain university in the bluegrass state was unhappy with. And they, they flooded his regular business with a, a lot of email. So it, it has a lot of pillars and as sports official, I'm <laughs> you know, keenly aware on, on you know, some of this. So it's not, uh, to your point, Bill, it's not just monetary, but there can be other motivations to it as well. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, even the, you know, you see, you, when I originally started the job as, in cybersecurity, I used to think that, oh yeah, there's never really gonna be an attack on the power grid, for example. And then this incident happened in Ukraine where they took down the power for hundreds of thousands of people. And that just makes you cringe. And that now has been more popular and there's malware specific for it. And it, it's really unimaginable where things have gone and how they've grown over the years. Used, used to be an annoyance. Now, now it's a, a true real expense and uh, danger. Right. For sure. Now, and I think one of the areas that that you know we we definitely talked about uh, in in the prep was that uh, you know us being 
in the transportation sector, specifically in, in student transportation, you know, a lot of these issues have to be near and dear to our heart. Maybe you could tell the folks a little bit about the importance of being vigilant just because of the role we play in the community. Oh, yeah. Great question. With the the role that, you know, you guys are providing for the students and the parents, really, in transporting their children, you have access to their students' names, you've got their addresses, and while, you know, you probably don't have their social security numbers and things like that to go with it, that's still pretty important information. And as you can imagine, you would not want that to get just taken by a cyber criminal and extorted out to places where you don't want it. And also not to mention the reputation damage that could cause to you if, if it was learned that it was hacked and, and released out to perpetrators. But, you know, so you have that aspect of it. But then you also have the systems that you use to operate the routes that you're running and, and keep your drivers going on a day-to-day basis. And if any of those were to go down, you know, what would the impact be to you? So, you know, kind of understanding the risk of cyber and then understanding what you can do to reduce that risk and or offload that risk to insurance purposes if necessary really becomes important. And that is indeed something that, you know, we'll, we'll dive more in depth in when we get to the, uh, the presentation in Milwaukee. So, yeah. Well, hey, Bill, this has been great dialogue. You know, as you mentioned, we're going to uh, get into this a lot deeper for folks who are un- unaware or haven't seen the schedule. Bill will be speaking to us on Monday, July 26th, and that's from 11.15 to 11.45 in Grand East End Center at the Pfister Hotel. So, Bill, really looking forward to your program on cybersecurity. Once again, our guest at NSTA, the bus stop, Bill Nash, cybersecurity advisor, for the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA. Hey, Bill, thanks so much for joining us at NSTA The Bus Stop. Hey, thanks for having me, and I really look forward to uh, meeting everyone at the conference.